Hello and welcome to the Human Nurture Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Brand, a licensed couples therapist living and working in Berkeley, California. This season, we've been asking the question, how does a couples therapist learn to do that? And we're down to the final couple and the final clinical interview of this season. Before we dive in, the disclaimer. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended as clinical advice or counseling. If you or someone you know is struggling, please seek out the help of a therapist in your local area. Back again with Charlie and the Isle in this final clinical interview. They are a young couple and they have now become familiar enough with themselves and the relationship to see areas where they're not able to depend upon each other for safety and security. For Charlie, this insecurity can be heard in his difficulty knowing how much to hold emotion inside of himself and his worries and frustrations about flooding Yael with his emotion. And in Yael, it can be heard in the way she comforts Charlie but feels she never gets enough comfort from him in return. In this interview, you'll hear a great example of two people who so want to be able to take care of each other but keep getting left with a basic sense of unfairness in their interactions. The work of couples therapy is to help them with the growing up process, understanding and translating the burdens of the past, and some of it is just a more honest and vulnerable discussion of the burdens of their current life situation. So let's take a listen as I work to help this young couple to seize moments where they can hold the challenges and burdens together and use them as an opportunity to build closeness, safety, and security. Glasses, can you take them off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wonderful. I'm curious to know what you guys made of the last time. I was really, listening back, I was really quite impressed by what the two of you were able to do, get Mm to. How did it sit? Seems like so long ago. I've just been looking forward to this one. Great, (laughs) I mean, I I enjoy feeling, um, like just being able to have a space to talk to each other Mm -hmm. and um, for the purpose of talking and connecting. Yeah. I remember telling my therapist uh, on Thursday, I was like, you know, I really enjoy, well, one, I, I was enjoying how you and him both, um, it doesn't really matter what the content of what we're saying was, it's behind it. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah, a little upset about that, about that mm-hmm. myself, because I'm like, no, nah, man, I want to be right sometimes. Like, I want like, to talk about exactly what happened and say that I was right in that situation, um, or wrong in that situation. But it has, like, nothing to do with the actual thing that was going on on the surface it's it's underneath and um it's cool because like i have to try to remind myself in those moments of like all right what's what's going on um don't try to be right and that's also hard for me to do um so yeah yeah i coming out of it actually we did talk about that i remember i was like you know that you listen in a in a different way because like, you know, you're listening to whatever we're saying, but it's whatever we're saying. There's, there's Yeah, there's two conversations happening in and, any one conversation. Yeah. And you can, you know, probably train to hear both, whatever they might be. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, really what I'm listening for is the conversation where the two of you don't see being your, yourselves on different teams. That there's no right or wrong in this because if one of you is right, the other one has lost. Mm-hmm. And this is really a kind of a three-legged race. I mean, you don't, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong in the right. end. And of course, you're going to go and you're going to have, there's going to be times where, you, you know, where you're going to feel like it's the other person's fault or the other person certainly can apologize. But really what the focus in here is how to get you guys to think like a team that's moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really where my, my ears are, two and two. That's great. That's where we want to be. <laughs> Lately, we've been just, or in the last maybe two days, we're just like, oh, our communication is terrible. Just um, like we think, 
yeah, we just we think differently, and we've known this um, until we perceive the world. We're just in different worlds a lot of the time, and that I feel is um, yeah, then hard for us to be on the same page, even in, within the same conversation. We can even be saying the same things, but think we think the other person is saying something else. This which has happened several times. And I think that once once a miscommunication gets discovered, then it adds to the like the mountain of times that our communication has been wrong. And we're like, ah, oh, we're never gonna fix this. This yeah. is always just, like, it's uh, over. Yeah. Not not that not but like it's over as in like, like mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well I wanna bring it back. What'd you come up with after the last time? What happened in here to for you guys? Um, I for me I felt uh I felt very vulnerable um, and happy to, to feel vulnerable, but also like uncertain. I don't. It, I have a hard time expressing myself, but I felt pushed in a way to like try to do it, and um, so I felt exposed. Hmm. Yeah, I felt like I've been being overly protective of myself sometimes and not thinking as a um, as a team, and uh, yeah, and so there's you know take a step back still and try to focus on what you're going through. And then understand that you're on my team and you're not trying to hurt me, I guess, in that situation. <laughs> how did, how did Yael feel exposed? Do you know what was exposing for her? For me, I think that it's, um, I guess her, like, or feeling exposed or vulnerable is just kind of like, hmm, how do I, maybe the struggle of being a little bit more introspective or her trying to be in that moment and I guess feeling that vulnerability of like, searching for what is happening, like what you're thinking or feeling at that time. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Know, do you know why that's exposing for her? What about it is, is exposing for her? I feel like she doesn't have like a frequency of doing that. Like she doesn't do that often. And so, um, and I don't know if exposing or vulnerable is necessarily a negative thing, but it's just like experiencing that ability to be vulnerable or I guess showing yourself a little bit. Yeah. Okay. What was the word Charlie used, you remember, about his experience? Something about being on guard, or do you remember? I don't remember. said uh, being, like, overprotective of myself. Oh, yeah. And do you know what he means by that? Yeah, um, I feel like on a, like, day-to-day, you, you protect yourself a lot from whatever, from anything, from everything, including me. And mm-hmm. so just feeling like... Like we're, you know, like we're just trying to get on the page where we're on the same team and not feeling like the other person is against us. But I think you often feel that way. Go in there one more time, y'all. I'm not sure what you meant. I think uh, Charlie often feels like I'm not on his team and vice versa. So he has to protect himself from from feeling rejected by, uh, like, so this morning, for example, um, he was trying to share something with me and I was trying to sleep. <laughs> and so he felt rejected. And then, and then now, set off of like a whole morning is ruined because um it hit you felt isolated probably or you felt like you were trying to connect and i didn't i didn't receive it you threw the ball and i just was not my hands weren't even working just hit me and went on the floor and so instances like that then just bring up like rejection or feeling like you need to protect yourself yeah can you see the protection now yeah i mean i see it when yes yeah, mm-hmm. like right now that you're protecting yourself, is that what you mean? You see oh, the uh, now. Do you see that where he's protecting himself now? No. Are you protecting yourself right now? No, I think I'm like taking in what you're saying. Yeah. And then also reliving that moment. Yeah. But I don't think I'm, I do it so often, I guess. I don't really know if I am doing it all the time mm-hmm. or when I'm doing it and when I'm not. 
Yeah, and I get apprehensive that you're always doing it. And so then it's, then it's hard for me to talk to you. Because like what I was saying, like I'm like, you're not in an open place. You know, you're like shutting out. Because I try to come back around like, let's talk about it. Mm. Let's like clear the air. And you're like, no. You close the door, you left the room. And um, yeah, then I don't feel hurt. So, but there was a reason why I was like, I can't talk to you right now. You know, but that reason is, is not, like I feel like it doesn't carry the same, like we're not on the same page. Like we both had good reasons to feel upset, but it was only yours that mattered, that seemed to matter in that moment. Yeah. And for me, so something that came up the other day is um, just like bringing up old stuff, right? So I just feel like for me, sometimes things don't get resolved within myself or within our, like in a connection with, with you. And so then it comes up later because it was like, okay, well, I have a choice now. I can either just be okay with it so that we can be okay. Or I can keep trying to connect with you on like why I was upset. And a lot of times I'll choose the first. And then that ends up of like, oh, now it's like a week later. Oh, by the way, remember I was so upset about this, blah, blah, blah. And then it, we just missed the cue. We missed being able to connect. And we were also talking about how like when I try to bring something up, like I'm doing it to connect, but like I don't do it in a, in a way. It, it, I do it in a way that's going to make him feel defensive. And then that defensiveness then like makes me feel more isolated. And now we're like... We just can't get there in like a meshed place. Anyways, that's kind of off tangent, but <laughs> you're doing fine. Just getting warmed up here. Um, the what did we establish last time about for Yael, Charlie? About you know that sometimes where her where's her talked about her challenges, feeling kind of feeling into the feelings that are in the room. Mm-hmm. Where's that in, in what we're talking about now? Do you know Do you know where that is here? Like in this in the room. Well, in the conversation we're having. Do you know? Uh, I don't actually. Um, what I can get from her is, I guess the, I guess not feeling like she's able to, like she's already scared of speaking her emotions and what's going on, and when I become defensive, it makes it even harder for her to like speak about those emotions. Yeah, and we had talked last time about I and something I didn't realize, but yeah, my um, everything else needs to be okay for me to feel okay. Mm. And so it's like the like trying to control the environment to like make things okay inside of me, mm-hmm. um, and that comes across as I think about it more. That's like why I'm always cleaning. One of the reasons probably, and it's also like some anxiety and control, control, wanting a sense of control. But it's like making. I want the environment to feel happy so that I can like sink into mm-hmm. probably myself. And so when you're a big part of my environment, then I put a lot onto you, which must be a lot of pressure. But yeah, I think that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Doing great. The external environment for Charlie. What do you, can you tell him what, how, he's, how he sees the external environment? Do you have ideas about what it's like for him? Yeah, um, I, it must be very scary because you spend a lot of your time inside of yourself, not in, in the actual, in my perception, in the actual environment. And so to me then that must say that it's not uh, a place that you really want to be in. You'd rather be in here, in your mind. Or like in yourself, or talking about yourself, or thinking about yourself, or how do you improve? Is it self, self, self? Not like necessarily in a selfish way, but it's just like you're living in here instead of like there, out in the world. Is that right? Yeah, well, I guess I don't know if it's scary, but I think it's like, uh, it's not necessarily easy sometimes. And I think, I think that for me, the way I feel on the outside world is that if you slip up in any way, it mm-hmm. could cost a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I try to be as, you know, prepared on what I'm about to do, what I'm going to say, all that. Yeah, with everything, right? 
Yeah, so I guess for you, maybe the world feels like it's really got its eye on you, really closely scrutinizing it's what you're doing. It's just mm -hmm. a very slippery and if And if something were to slip, it would be terrible. It's like Sonic the Hedgehog. You lose all your little rings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is that, y'all do see that as an accurate perception about Charlie's current life? Personally, no. I mean, maybe with me, actually, more recently, because I'll be more critical about things, and I'm just upset. But um, in terms of, like, when you're at work or, like, going to the grocery store or, like, out in the world, that's just not the way that I perceive the world, personally. So it's hard for me to... And I don't think that people think well, that you're with a bad him. person. Stay, stay, stay with him here. Yeah. In terms I, of in terms of his is is his meter mm -hmm. for if he slips up in any way, it could cost a lot. Is the cost that high? Um, I guess it depends on what it is. There is a reality of um, you know he earns more than me, so if something were to slip up at work, like that could impact us. But I yeah, so I, I can see that um, in terms of. Like, just being out in a public space, I don't think that it's that high. Like, if you mess up or get in the way of someone or... I don't know. I don't know. Do you? I think that you don't agree with me. Yeah, no. I don't... I don't agree and... I don't agree because that's, like, my reality for me. Right? Like, I just... I feel that way. I feel like, um... Yeah, like... And not that it's gonna cost me my job, necessarily. Um... But can it cost security, safety of my family or... You know, if something then happens to me, then that also affects my family, right? Whether it's violence or whatever else. And I don't live in that environment anymore, but to me, it hasn't dawned on me mm -hmm. that I'm, like, not living there anymore. Like, or, like when we went to the park and I can't Walnut stand Creek. people sometimes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's overwhelming hard, yeah. for me to be around a large group of people. Yeah. I don't know the environment. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the rules are. And so I'm like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. And that's hard for for me. Yeah. Okay. Stay with Charlie on it hasn't mm -hmm. it hasn't dawned on me yet. Meaning what? What does he mean by that? Meaning it hasn't dawned on you that things are more okay than they were um, when you were young, and like you're not gonna get you know deported or you know your mom's not gonna come down on you and be disappointed in whatever in you. I'm not gonna be. Oh my gosh, you stepped in front of the wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I guess I'm like, I'm scared of believing that and then finding out that I was right. That you were right about what? That like, if, if I do kind of let my guard down, uh, that all of a sudden you get caught slipping, mm -hmm. you know? What would that, hmm? what would be the result of getting caught slipping now? I feel like uh, becoming a burden, mm -hmm. like not being able to provide, not being able to protect. Yeah. Do you think you can do those things and also be relaxed? Well, well, slow, 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 slow here, guys. Slow <laughs> here, guys. You're, you're jumping to problem solving. Okay. One thing that Yael's telling me, Charlie, is that she has trouble being with you with these feelings mm -hmm. when these things come up. It's been mm -hmm. a consistent theme that we've been working with. Mm -hmm. So here, today, you have the opportunity to be with her with these feelings in a different kind of way. Maybe, you know, we'll ease into it, but, but um, what do you notice about her as you start to feel into this set of feelings that's there, this, this, you know, earlier time. Yeah, she's uh, very nurturing, in a way, when, when she uh, points it out. Like, I feel safe. Well, I feel safe and I also feel like, like you're trying to make me feel safe. Does that make you not believe it? I don't know. No, no. I mean, yeah, I don't know. What do you, when you say that, I'm trying to make you feel safe? Like you're trying to reassure me mm -hmm. that it's okay. 
Yeah. So I, I believe it. I guess when I, like if I'm intentional about it, like I, I literally have to like sit down for a second or just pause whatever I'm about to do, think about what the worst thing that can happen is, and then realize that, well, ultimately I'll still be okay. But it's like, it's quite a bit of extra steps to do that. It's not a, a very smooth thought process. You know, it's like I have to really envision and recognize that, okay, I'll be okay, you know? But it's, it's not my instant. What would happen if you started to believe oh, that this were a safer environment? That fear would be is that I do let my guard down. I do start relaxing or accepting where I'm at. And then because of that, things just unravel. Like, that's scary. And so I feel like, you know, you, you kind of, you can't let it go because then it just happens. And then I feel like I sabotage myself for, like, believing that, you know? Like, like I listen to somebody else to say everything's okay, everything's going to be safe, and then it's not. Mm-hmm. You're like, if I would have just been my regular self, then this wouldn't have happened. Correct. Did Charlie have that experience, you know, of, of believing little and then being proved wrong? Is that, was that hard-earned, this sense of this? I don't know. Was it? Did you, did that happen to you? Uh, I don't know if, I mean, I think there's been a lot of times where I've gone through uh, believing in somebody else and and I guess not going off of my own moral compass or my own thing and just realizing, like, oh, that's probably not the best thing to do. Like, you should have probably trusted your instincts on that. Um, like what? I think in general, like, almost every situation with friends, whether it's, you know, how, how they act, the actions they do, and then me going along with it, mm-hmm. I think... Um, with my mom in different situations where you just kind of believe that, oh, this is going to be fine, and then, you know, it's a deception just to get you to go to another place or do whatever, something else. Um, Those things. And then, I guess it's been like relying on others to protect and not really being protected. I think that, I mean, that part I I can understand. This feeling, uh, like it's just up to you. And Mm -hmm. so you can't relax because there is no safety net that you feel. Yeah. Trust in. No friend safety net or family safety net. Not that they don't love you, yeah. but that they weren't there for you in the ways that you needed. Yeah, and then th- th- they don't have to be that anymore. So. But I mean, like, you grew up with that mindset. Yeah. And, reaff- and experiences that reaffirm that, like, oh, no, it's just on you. So then you're scared for it not to be. You're scared to just let, it, let things happen. I can't really. I, I feel I have a hard time trusting that it's going to be okay mm-hmm. unless I do it myself. No, I can understand that. I just felt like everybody felt that way. Yeah, this seems there's some learning here with that Charlie. Last time I'm remembering him talking about it, I didn't know that the other person wasn't supposed to feel what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. That's a new revelation. Charlie used this word uh, instinct, gut instinct kind of thing. And I'm thinking about that. I mean, what, what do you, I'm curious what you know about Yael's gut instincts. Where does, where does her, where her, what are her gut instincts like? Hmm. I'm not too sure. I guess her, for me, I think her gut instincts are, um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, I feel like it's based off safety as well, um, and stability a lot, and it seems like it's, it's more, less, I guess, of a gut instinct and more just, like, a very thought-out process of, like, if we do this, that, and that, things are fine, and, like, you trust your process of doing things. But I'm not sure if it's, like, a gut instinct. I don't know if I know that mm-hmm. of you. Um, yeah, I, I think that I, 
I, like we were talking about yesterday, I feel safety and consistency. Um, I don't, yeah, and like, I don't know if that's a gut instinct necessarily, but I operate best when things are predictable and consistent, and then I can like go from there. But when I'm like out in the world, I don't know that I have a gut instinct, but my perception of the world is, yeah, like for the most part, things will be okay. I trust myself that like if things were kind of crazy, I could like figure it out for the most part of like what to do. Um, when I think about like us with our, with each other, with our kids, then it's like, you know, we are saying there's only a certain amount of, your, your life is only this big, you know, so just enjoy the moment and like, it will be okay. I don't, you know, I must in that way stressed about the outside world, you know, because even if it's not a, like in the moment, even if things aren't okay, I'm going to need to pretend like they're okay to make sure their kids feel safe. Mm -hmm. So it's going to at least look okay. And I trust that my internal my internal self can handle the unokayness. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I can fake it. Yeah, and it'll be right, as alright as it can be. You know, there's unpredictable stuff, but I can predict how to uh, how to make this environment look to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. She has a lot of faith in the external environment, Charlie. Yeah, you know that about her. I can see that. Yeah. How did that develop? How did she develop such a such a strong sense of the external environment being safe. I think she had a very good internal environment with like her family. Um, and so going on the outside seems it's okay. You know, I think I think I've been able to see that her parents' involvement with her and her own self assuredness, it comes from having a very safe home and being able to go outside, it's like, hey, it's okay, you know. I come out here all the time and I can always if it gets too crazy, I can just come back inside here, and it's fine. And it comes with the experience of being outside and recognizing that everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah, for me, mistakes were not catastrophic. The results of, you know, I never felt like if I made a mistake out in the world that it was going to be terrible than at home. So, so that makes me like, oh, you know, things will be okay. Things might not be okay, but, like, it'll be okay. Like, a thing might go wrong, but, like, it'll be... It'll be alright, yeah. you know. Not to say I don't stress about a bunch of stuff, and like still try to control my environment. But yeah, I don't think that I don't think it's catastrophically. I guess it's not as life or death for me. But Charlie has these gut instincts that um, also it seems like you there's part of him that you really um, admire, appreciate mm -hmm. his ability to to take in things and make sense of them and work yeah. on them. Yeah, definitely, definitely. How did he develop that? Um, like being able to take in the world and analyze it. Such a, such strong gut instincts. Well, I guess he, you had to rely on them more often. I didn't have to as much because everything was, for the most part, decent. You know, it was okay. I wasn't in a, like, I need to make a decision and count on myself mode. So you have more practice with that. Is that how you got it? Yeah, I think so. And I do, I appreciate that about you. I appreciate your, um, strong sense of self. Um, and it's also where we butt heads, because I have this appreciation for him, and also like, a, a, and also to be honest, a yearning for like, but yes, have all of that and be okay, you know, and you know like, stop stressing so much. But I under, but I know that that's such like a hard place for you because you feel like if you stop stressing, then you're not going to be you, and you know that I love you, so it's like, well, if I'm not me, then are you still going to love me? There's there's some of that, yeah, like that's definitely something that, of like. I guess if I stop being who I am and how I am, it, I'm scared it slows down the drive for me. And then 
that's going to slow down the productivity and being able to support and provide. And then you're going to leave and it's just, ah, it's going to go crazy. So yeah, there's a little bit of that. And so in context, we've had this conversation before, mm -hmm. things like it. And I try to reassure you that like, that's not it. That, that isn't why if I left or if you ever, this, if it didn't work, but that's why. Yeah. But there's a missing piece here, Charlie. I mean, this is, you're, you're not, why do you think this is? There's something missing about Yael's process that we really got to last time about her being inside herself and that that can be dangerous, that can be challenging. And I know this becomes exposing for her when we start to talk about this, right? I mean, this, mm -hmm. this starts to get exposing. But there's also this piece that's not included so much right now. Do you see that? Um, can you explain that again? Somehow in this conversation, mm -hmm. the idea that Yael has challenge going inside and knowing mm -hmm. that things are going to be okay, that's hard for her to do. And it's better to keep things moving. It's better to keep the, just to keep the environment clean, just look for the joy in the environment, mm -hmm. you know, that we, that we started getting to last time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like that's here right now. Do you see that? I feel like, well, right now I feel like the focus is on me at the moment. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're trying to make it so that this is a complete picture. Yeah. That's the goal here, is to get this so that, so that there's no, nobody's, no, no, you know, everybody's got their stuff. Right. And everybody's got their challenges in areas where they, where growth needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So what's the area that we're not talking about here when it comes to you? Do you know? I would imagine what's going on with her during these times. Okay, so talk to her about that. Let me see you do that. Yeah. So what happens for you during the moments when I guess I am, you know, too uh, concerned with my world falling apart and you have to deal with this guy who's <laughs> freaking out? Yeah. Um, internally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, I just, I have this vision of how I want things to be and, like, I'm wrestling with, like, but it's not that right now and, like, how do I get it to be as close to just being okay as possible it's hard and I don't know how to do that and like also support your like real feelings about mm. your real environment you know your perception of stuff but in that it ignores like but wait that's not you know how I perceive things it's like it's, it's like that, that's not happening right now it's not a catastrophe right now like we're just at a park we're here to like so with um when we went to Walnut Creek, we're, we're here and this could be like, we could just be here together and we're like looking at the baby play, but you're so involved in like everything else. And mm -hmm. I'm just like trying to connect you back to like, hey, be here. Hey, look what she's doing. Um, and I'm just feeling like isolated, I guess. And so I'll, and so I'll retreat into myself, I guess, and um, just have my own experience in with Zaya. And you're, you're there, but you're not like in yeah. it with us. That really sucks. Yeah. I can imagine that feels pretty draining, especially if you are the type that needs your external environment to be cool and all right, and I'm part of that environment and I'm in a constant turmoil. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sucks. Um, yeah, and you know, there's times where I feel that too, where we're not able to be present in those moments of joy, uh, me for my own reasons, and then you because me, and those reasons. So. Back up here, Charlie. I mean, stay with Yael. She, she, you say this. Mm -hmm. you, you say, what's this like for you? And she lets out a big... <sighs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you heard that. Mm -hmm. Start there. Well, I don't know. We just don't really talk about my experience very oh, often. Man. Yeah. It feels good to be asked in a, what feels like a sincere, sincere way of like, okay, what's happening? So that's why I was like, oh, I can tell you. 
in a way that um, this is a space for that, where I don't think you're going to get defensive, where you're here to listen to my experience um, just in a neutral way. You know, and it's not against you. I'm not trying you're coming to about Charlie again. Come, come Sorry. On, yeah, it's about... It's so how do you feel? Um, I feel... Sometimes I feel isolated, or I feel like just to be happy, I have to not really think about you. But I wrestle with that because then it feels like I'm not caring about you. So if, you, if that wasn't something that you had to worry about, how do you think that you would, like what? Like if I wasn't worrying about how you're feeling? Yeah. Yeah, I would feel more free. Um, but also a little sad. Why? Because I want you to be a part of, of the experience of like everything that's happening in our world at that moment. Do you know this isolated feeling, Charlie? Do you know where this comes from inside of Yale? Is this something that goes earlier than you? I don't know if it goes too much. I mean, I, I know it's definitely there because of me, for sure. I don't know where it started. Um, I don't, I don't, because you've had your sister and you guys had a relationship. Um, so I don't know, where, where did it start for you to feel isolated? I don't know either. I mean, you know, we talk about like as a kid, uh, my feelings weren't really talked about no. or acknowledged. But that's just so normal to me. So I, I don't know. Maybe it started there. But I don't feel like this is a... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I'm ignoring my feelings. Maybe I am. What does she mean, Charlie? By Can you stay with her on this is just normal to me? What, what does that mean? Like it's, hap it's happened for so long that it's just how you see the world, I guess. How you see um, just not being asked about your feelings or opinions. Yeah. Yeah, what's, what's important is the goal. What the goal is, okay, let's be happy, I guess, and, and what's going on internally doesn't matter that much. It's for, like, to me, it's like, what is the bigger picture? I don't know, I guess the bigger picture is, like, I want their kids to have a happy uh, experience, and, like, I want to be part of that happy experience with her, and so I'm going to do, I'm going to make action so that that happens, like, regardless of if I'm worrying about you or feeling upset with you, okay, well, then I just have to cut that off because that's going to interfere with this with this environment I'm trying to create for her, you know? Yeah. And then also for me. Do you think Yael's mom felt this way, that she had to protect? That Yael's dad was had big feelings that needed to be protected and just stay focused on what, what you know, kind of the big picture, how to make, how to make this the most happy environment possible? Hmm. I don't know if she had those, I don't know if her mom had those feelings, but I do know that, well, I feel like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if your mom had that. I feel like she worked a lot and she did try to make sure that food was always there and that the house felt safe. Um, I feel like that for sure. But I don't know if she was trying to make sure that you specifically were having a, a great time and felt, you know, heard or anything. Yeah, no, I think that she did. I, both my parents did that. Um, they both did that. She would do it. Like, if her and my dad were not getting along or something, then she would do it. Oh, everything, you know, let's go do this. Um, probably divert. Divert attention. We'll go out or, like, focusing on whatever is in the environment. She did, I, did, I do think mm -hmm. she did that a lot. My dad worked more, so he wasn't around as much. But when we would be out together, just the three, you know, my sister and my dad and myself. Yeah, he's also focused on, let's make this experience a good experience. When we're all together... They both wanted the experience to be good. And if they were fighting, I can't remember. They fought more as I got into um, like high school and stuff. Mm. And went through a really rough time. 
And when I, you know, when you're younger than that, it's really hard for you to even pay attention. So I don't know what was going on. But I imagine, yeah, a good amount of that. Or like, they, you know, whatever is going on with us as parents is not as like important as having our kids have a nice environment. Which, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think for me, it makes it hard, you know, conflict is hard for me. Even though I saw them fight, Mm-hmm. Not like, re- but they were never fighting like where I felt unsafe or where I felt like they were really mad at each other. It was more my mom getting really mad. My dad like would just listen. You know, you've, I think you've seen a couple of times. So she'll get really mad. He's listening, but like kind of downplaying how she feels, but not really. He doesn't come back with anything. He's not arguing back with her. He's just like absorbing whatever it is. Um, and like, okay, okay, I'd go to sleep. <laughs> and then she slams the door and, is, and then okay, the next day happens, you know. So. Maybe that was his way of trying to keep the environment safe, is just like not feed into it, which I do it then with you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to ask for like more of your, I guess, what goes on inside of you or what, what would being, what would happy look like to you, like in our relationship? I guess like feeling more safe emotionally. Like I feel safe physically and I feel safe financially. That would be physically, I guess, but not necessarily emotionally. I don't feel like I can come to you when I'm stressed, I, to be frank. Or if I really needed you for something, I don't necessarily trust that the outcome would be what I want it to be. And so that... What was the last word? That the outcome would be what I want uh, it to be. If you did what, though? I forgot what it is. Uh, <laughs> um, I Yeah, if, I'm like a, if I came to you and I really, really needed something, I don't trust 100% that I would get what I needed. And so it, what, it would, what happiness would look like was, would be to trust that, yes, I would get at least a trying... What do you mean by, like, when you say get something? Yeah, like, it's, like, feel supported. Or, like, um, yeah, like, not in the way. No, like, you want to ask for my time and stuff. Yeah, for your time or your support. It Mm -hmm. could be, like, um, let's figure out who's picking up their kids. Or Mm -hmm. uh, we need to figure out what's for dinner. Or we need to, like, to me, like, the things we talked about last time, that regular, I forget the the word that I used. I downloaded it. But basically, day-to-day stuff. Um, or something that I'm stressed about, you know? There's been times in our relationship where I feel like I needed you for something and you weren't there. And so, uh, anyways, back to me. I would want to feel happy, I would need to feel more safe emotionally. That would make me feel more free. And more safe would be, to me, like what What would, I guess, more safe is just be, me being more receptive to mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, receptive and... Um, like calm in my own environment. Like, I, I would want to feel that if I brought a stressor to you, that you would see it was my problem and not, and that you would help me with whatever it is instead of, like, taking it as an attack on you and, like, now we're on you and, like, I get left behind. When I came to you to get help, now I'm, now I'm helping you deal with me when I need you to just help me mm. deal with me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, let, let's, let's see if we can figure this out. I mean, um, it seems like the whole board is laid out here for us. <laughs> Okay, so we gotta get, we have to find something that Yael has big emotional feelings about mm-hmm. that you want help on. We have to find that thing. And then we have to, well, identify it and then experiment with you bringing it to Charlie and seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. So let's spend a moment just thinking about how we're gonna do that. I'm happy to help. But I want you guys to, I mean, let, let's see if we can find something. Is it hard to find something? Like a specific thing that she needs help with? That's something that she feels emotionally deeply that she wants to bring to you. Is that a hard thing to, to discover, to, to locate? 
for me, for sure, because my brain goes to, well, I don't need, you know, necessarily help emotionally. I just need help with, like, day-to-day -day living and, you know, feeling like I'm, I can just talk to you about whatever, like, an issue that I'm having yeah. over dinner or over who's gonna, who does what, who cooks on which day, stuff like that. Okay. Without it feeling too... Wait, I'm getting but, confused, though. Is, sure, are we sure. talking about, are we talking about that you, I mean, maybe the two are tied, but... Yeah. But I got the feeling that there are things, well, I'm just going to say that there are probably things there that are emotionally, and maybe it's tied to the day-to-day -day stuff, mm -hmm. but I'd imagine there's some big feelings there, right? I mean, that, that seems reasonable. How, how to get one? How to go in and help, you know, find one? Like find a big feeling? Find a big feeling, mm -hmm. yeah, mm -hmm. and, and experiment with bringing it out to Charlie. Yeah, this time, I don't know what I have big feelings about right now. I feel like there's only been a couple of times in our relationship where I had big feelings about anything. I feel like, there, I mean, the big feeling is tied to the everyday thing, which yeah. is just like not being able to, um, uh, I guess, just be present and being able, to, and with being present, it's like, yo, these are the things that are happening in life. And I just want to be able to move forward with presenting something without having to stop for that thing that just got, excuse me, presented. Um, one thing we started trying to do was I asked her to like, whenever you kind of want to vent or you don't oh, want to yeah. filter mm -hmm. yourself to just kind of say, hey, I don't want to. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was something that came out of the last conversation was mm -hmm. um, from the said, okay, I'm not going to step on eggshells. I'm just going to tell you how I feel, which worked for a couple of times. And you're like, why do you keep telling me that? And I'm like, because you told me to tell you. <laughs> and when you, when you remind me of that, it was, it was weird for me because I just felt like you were saying it almost in a like like you were saying it to not walk on eggshells like you were you know like i'm not gonna walk on eggshells but you were almost saying it like to not walk on eggshells again you know what i mean like that that is what was happening yeah yeah i guess that was the point of saying it was like because before like that it was saying like hey i'm gonna say something that might be that might make you upset mm -hmm. and, and to i'm me really at that pushing point, myself to try to say it right but i do feel like i'm like otherwise i would have not said anything yeah and for me, I'm just like, dude, just say it. <laughs> like, just say it already. What is it, you know? And I think when you said, all right, I don't want to walk on eggshells again, it was like constantly reminding me that you're like, I don't want to walk on eggshells. Almost yeah. like attacking me at that moment. And I'm just like, dude, just, just start. Just go say it. Dude, just say it. But we have to wait for that because we're going to pause here and pick up the second half of the Charlie and Yale final clinical interview next time. Thanks so much to you for listening. Thanks to my consultants, and thanks to Charlie and Yael. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at jason at jasonbrand.com, and we're out.